Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. We're going to be in the book of John this morning, John 6. I don't know that Jason ever figured that part out this morning. He's like, nah, we're rolling with that one. So hopefully you brought a Bible. People, don't get lazy on me. If you have Bibles, bring Bibles. Expecting God to show up and show you something. If you have a phone and want to pull out the app maybe and and read along, we are in John chapter 6. I want to give a a quick thanks to Cody last week for filling in for for me while we were gone. He did an excellent job. If you by chance uh, wasn't here and you've watched online, you will know that Facebook stopped the sermon at a very important part of the sermon. And I don't even know why I haven't talked to Bo. I haven't seen him this week to figure this out. But at that point when he starts telling the story, a man went to get a haircut. What happened? <laughs> what happened? So if you're like me and, and, and you know, panicked, I'm like, wait, wait, what, what? Did he get a haircut? Did he not get a haircut? What happened to this guy's haircut? Go find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple, whatever your streamer is, uh, Wix Church of the Nazarene podcast, and it has the full service on there and you can finish the service. He did an excellent job. I love giving our young pastors a, a place and a, a time to, to stretch their muscles in God. Um, and I see great things in Cody's future um, for, for just the anointing he has for delivering God's message. So I thank him for doing that last week. John chapter 6, starting with verse 32. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Dear Lord, this is your word, alive and active, to breathe into your people this morning. And may it change us because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Bread. Who loves bread in this house? Do not even lie. I didn't say you had to be eating it. Maybe you're, you know, not eating it or whatever. Me, when I was in college, it was Hawaiian bread was my favorite. Who loves Hawaiian bread in here? It's been around a long time, because when I say college, you know that's been a while back, right? Um, and this is before Pinterest and sliders, by the way. That's what most of our young people will know this, you know, bread as. This was back when, do you remember? And, and I mean, you can still find it, but it's mostly holiday when it had the big loaf. 
the round loaf. I don't know. My mom went to the store one day and, and come home with this new thing, Hawaiian bread, and it was life, let me tell you. In college, when I had a late night study session going on, then there was four things that had to be at that study session. Dr. Pepper, Pringles, jalapeno cheese dip, and a loaf of Hawaiian bread. And yes, that is what we call the freshman 50, not the 15, just so you know. And during that time, I introduced Thomas, and I introduced my roommate, Susan, and they were like, what is Hawaiian bread? We've never heard of this stuff. And then I had to hide it from my roommate, Susan, because that loaf would disappear really fast if I did not. I love, love bread. Now, I did a little research online. I don't know how many of you saw it. I asked you the question if you preferred Olive Garden breadsticks. And I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really judge on that one because I've never ate at Olive Garden. Do y'all know that? I know, right? Um, I'm a macaroni grill. I should have put macaroni grill bread on there. That, that's, Amy knows what I'm talking about. We love macaroni grill. Um, so your choices were Olive Garden breadsticks, Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuit, and Texas Roadhouse Rolls. It was very close. Yeah, I told Amy I should have put her rolls on here, but I didn't think she would appreciate me last minute saying, hey, bake me some rolls. I need some rolls. Um, so instead, I have a gift card for Texas Roadhouse for $50. So hopefully you signed up as you entered. If not, raise a hand. Oh, Thomas is saying everybody got it. So teens and up, I think. And everybody at home is going, what? If you're at home watching online right now with us live, I want you to type in your name and roles, and Thomas will put you in the drawing that we will do at the end of church today. So there you go. Guys, I hope you signed up. This could be the cheapest date you've had in a long time, right? I'm just saying. So the history of bread when it comes to the Israelites actually played a pretty big, important role in their worship. Um, yeah, I need to worship more like that. <laughs> bread every week. And in fact, they had what they called showbread. So they would bake 12 loaves of unleavened bread that they would place in the tabernacle every week and put it on display. Now, I have carefully, I did not take mine out of wrapping because, I don't know, maybe we'll draw extra names and somebody can have some bread to take home or whatever. And I didn't want my germs all over it this morning. But there would be 12 loaves of bread in the tabernacle called showbread every week. And by the end of the week, it's taken to the temple. And then at the end of the week, the priest would get the loaves of bread to be able to take home and eat in their meals. That showbread symbolized the presence of God with his people. I knew I liked bread. I knew I really liked bread. And we know that bread is, is present throughout the Bible. We can talk about the Exodus. And, and when we talk about Exodus, how God told him to bake the bread unleavened, so why? They didn't have to wait on it to rise so that when he said go, boom, they could go. So they baked it unleavened bread. Um, New Testament, we know that Satan tempted Jesus when he got really hungry, remember, in the wilderness. And he said, hey, if you're really who you say you are, then why don't you turn the stones into bread? And what did Jesus say? Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. 
This passage today, the people even referenced manna. That's where we started because the people had talked about the manna that came down from heaven. But they said Moses gave it to them, right? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. That did not come from Moses. That came from your father. He had to correct them that it was God who provided that in verse 32 and 33. But then he did something beyond that. He didn't just correct them. He said, Moses didn't give you that bread. My father did. He said, and now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So before this, if you go back a couple of chapters, you'll find Jesus at the well with a Samaritan woman. And that is the first time we see him reveal that he is the Messiah. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to go through a series and we're going to look at all the great I am statements as Jesus begins to tell the people who he is and what God is doing through him. Now, I knew when I started... Uh, studying this this week on this one, doing my extra research in the commentaries, I knew I was going to like this message when this is what I read in my commentary. Bread sustains life. It is that without which life cannot go on. Take that, Dr. Atkins and Keto. Bread is life. I love bread. That's why I can't do Atkins, people. <laughs> well, besides the whole, I don't even like vegetables things, right? Um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a meat and potato kind of girl, and I'm a bread kind of girl. Um, and I honestly, I do love Texas Roadhouse Rolls, but I actually would have to vote for probably my Cheddar Bay Biscuits. That, and even though I can make them at home, it's never the same, is it? It just... I'm that person that always makes sure, even though I'm stuffed, I'm going to eat that last biscuit so they'll refill it so I can take home the biscuits with me, right? Am I the only one that does that? I don't know. But today we're not just talking about the good things about bread and the bad things. We know too much is always a bad thing. We're not talking about the physical form of bread, though, are we today? When Jesus said, I am the bread of life... He was talking about a whole different life that they were not understanding yet. And what is this life? Jesus always speaks about things people understand. You know, sometimes I think, I tell too many stories and Jesus will just sort of whisper, well, I told stories too. Because he takes things people understand to be able to tell them something new that maybe they wouldn't understand any other way. So he starts talking about this bread of life. Life was more than just the physical. We saw in John chapter 3 before this, he's talking to Nicodemus about being born again. And Nicodemus is like, what are you talking about? How can an old man like me be born again? Like, I can't get back in the womb and do this again. How do we do that? Because it's a whole different life, isn't it? He's talking about a spiritual life. Life was new when Jesus came in. Now, real life that Jesus is starting to describe to them is a relationship with God. New life, real life, is when you get a new relationship with God. And that relationship is only possible by one way, 
through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus. Up to this point, the Israelites, God's people, they had not had a personal relationship with God, could they? They couldn't even do their own prayers. They had to go to the priest to have him deliver prayers to God for them. When Jesus comes into the picture, all of that changes. That's why at the crucifixion we see the the veil being torn because that separation is not there anymore. Real life is your relationship with God. So in other words, Jesus is now essential to having life. Just as they considered bread a staple of their life, bread was probably a good staple back then because it it was easier to keep it, right? It's one of those foods that you don't have to keep cold all the time. Yeah, I know, it molds, all that kind of deal. Guys, I got this funny thing. We buy bread that is like sourdough and other things. Do y'all know some of that bread will last a long time compared to like your normal? I don't know if I like that or if it scares me a little bit. that it lasts that long. But then I'm thinking, but maybe that's just how God intended bread to be for us too, to last because it's an essential part. So Jesus is starting to to explain to them, I am the bread of life. I am essential to sustaining life for you. You know, we say life is good, but we don't really have life until we have Jesus Christ. We exist, and we can have a good life, right? I've had people tell me before, I have a good life. What do I need Jesus for, right? Because you haven't had life until you've had Jesus. You know, Emily talked about the peace. Why, why do you want Jesus? And sometimes as a believer, it is hard to explain to people, isn't it? Like, and especially when we've been a believer for a while, like, we have to stop and think, well, why did I come to Jesus to begin with, right? For me, it was a a heaven-hell kind of thing. Like, I didn't want to go to hell, I want to go to heaven, so I need this Jesus person, right? That was the beginning. But you see, this crowd was following Jesus. That's who he's talking to. This crowd is following Jesus because he, the day before, provided what? The loaves and the fishes. Remember, he fed them, and that's pretty awesome. And they came back the next day and said, do it again. <laughs> like, you, you fed me, do that again. I like that kind of stuff. But church, I'm here to tell you this morning, we have to move past looking at Jesus as only providing physical things for us. He is the bread of life. Real life, beyond this world, beyond what we see, beyond a hungry stomach. And every every Christian in church this morning understands a hungry stomach because they're all watching a clock going, now, Pastor, don't go over, don't go over, because we got to get up to the, yeah, we got to get to the lighthouse, and we got, yeah, we got to get up there. But church this morning, can we move past physical hunger for just a moment to look at what? life means in Jesus Christ. One statement that I read this week in one of my commentaries said, the hunger of the human situation is ended when we know Christ and through him we know God. The restless soul is at rest. The hungry heart is satisfied. William Barclay said that. 
when we get hungry, it's all we can focus on, right? Like, I can tell when I lose y'all. It's always, I mean, like, I know when to start cutting it short or when to, that's why I don't have that definite time. Y'all never know when we're getting out because it depends on all your faces. Like, too many nod off. It's like, okay, we're done. Like, I, I stretched that message as far as I could go with that one or, Man, that, that message just didn't fly. So I, I read the people. There's no, there's no reason for me to, you know, sit here and talk 20 minutes longer just because the clock said so. Let God say what he wants to say. But I can also tell sometimes when your face is telling me you're hungry. You're hungry for the word. You're hungry for whatever God is doing on this day in the message that we have. And that is what Jesus is wanting the people to see they're there because they need some more fish and they need some more Hawaiian rolls. And he says, I've got something that you don't even know about yet. Because again, they don't understand his purpose yet, do they? I, I looked through this passage today and I saw the different stages of the Christian life that we go through. First of all, we start out by we have to see Jesus. What does that mean? You see, the crowd saw Jesus. They, they saw him as he was multiplying this loaves and fishes, and wow, that is so awesome. And, and you know, we can go to a, a women's conference or a men's conference, and, and we see some extraordinary things, and wow, yes, I want that Jesus, right? The crowd saw him, but... We can see Jesus in other ways. We see Jesus on the pages of our Bible as we're reading. We see Jesus when we are on Tuesday night studies or Miss Diane Sunday school. We begin to hear him in all the teachings of the church. We see Jesus when, when our provisions are met, whether that's financially or through items, when somebody just loves on us. That's why we do local compassion because it's a way for people to see Jesus before they've ever stepped foot in a church. To feel the love, right? We see Jesus. But look at what he said in verse 36. What did he say? But you haven't believed in me, even though you've seen me. What? They just witnessed the biggest miracle in the world? But you haven't believed in me. See, you're just here to get what I can give you. But you haven't believed yet. See, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. What's that next statement? Whoever comes to me will never hunger again. And this is what I was talking about when that last song Emily was singing talked about coming to Jesus just as we are. See, this is when Jesus becomes accessible. So we, we see Jesus. That's why we, we do gatherings. That's why we, we love online church. It gives people an opportunity to see Jesus. That's why I stress to you how you live outside this building, how you treat people, how you post online, it matters. Because you're going to be the first moment somebody can see Jesus. But then comes this next part when Jesus says, whoever comes to me. This is when something in our brain shifts 
And now Jesus is not just a distant hero. He's not just somebody I read in a book, right? I mean, we who likes to read in here? I love to, you know, I read all the time. Um, I read fiction to just sort of blank my mind out. And we know we get into a book and they're characters and man, we, we can almost feel like they're real people sometimes. Especially if you read like a series of books, it becomes real to you. But at that point when whoever comes to me, it's a shift from a character on pages to understanding a God who is alive and well at the right hand of the Father. As real as you and I. You're like, well, BJ, we can't really touch him. It's a shift in our hearts and our heads that make us understand he's there, though. That's why when somebody asks Emily, how, how do you, you know, why would you come? I just, I, I just, mm. it is hard to explain sometimes to people how we know that we know that we know. You see, when I looked up this word come, um, in, in my word study, it says implying motion from a place or a person to another. Church, that moment that you come to Jesus, there has to be a motion made. From your old life to this new life that Jesus has offered. The problem is too many of us sit back in the old life and think, ah, I got Jesus. There has to be a motion made, a movement you know, uh, in one of my webinars this week, we were talking about the webinars on conflict and, and the question, you know, you either are a shark, someone who is just always ready to jump into a fight. I mean, not necessarily bad, but like you don't mind hitting things head on. And then there's the teddy bear who just wants to make nice with everybody. And so he had asked us, he said, you know, each of us pastors, what are you? Are you a shark or a teddy bear? And I said, before Christ, I was a shark. <laughs> and I said, but now I'm leaning more towards teddy bear. And I said, uh, we, you know, we talked about the dy dynamics of our spouses. And I said, the problem is my husband knew me as a shark <laughs> and he knows me as a teddy bear. And I said, sometimes if I'm venting, he's like, whoa, 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 you, you're scaring me, woman. Like your old self is going to come out. The, the shark, <laughs> the teeth, right? And I'm like, don't worry. I'll zip up the teddy bear suit, put my Jesus on. I'm good. I just <sighs> had to have a moment, you know, kind of deal. I made a move when I came to Jesus where I gave him everything. And I let him mold me like that clay, <laughs> And he said, people ain't going to see Jesus if them shark teeth are always out there, right? <laughs> but growing up outside of the church, it was a, a defense mechanism. Growing up with older brothers that are 10 years older than me, and I sure ain't going to beat them physically, uh, the mouth grows, you know? But when you come to Jesus, you make a move. You begin to change things. It's emotion. It's emotion. Something has to shift. So you came today, why? Because you were curious. Because it's just what we do. We, we come to church. 
But maybe you're online, you, you actually tuned in because, because you're curious about Jesus. You're just trying to gather data right now. And maybe you've been sitting in these pews for 40, 50 years gathering data. But when we come to Jesus, we begin to acknowledge He's real. He's not just a project I'm gathering data on. He's not just a good prophet. You know, some, some religions want to tell us, Jesus, okay, well, maybe he's real, but he's just a good prophet. No, he's real. When we're hungry, what do we have to do? We have to stop. You know what I'm talking about. When we're really busy and then that hunger hits and then that dizziness or whatever may hit you and you just feel like your body's about to collapse, what do we have to do, ladies and gentlemen? We stop so that we can feed the body. Maybe you're searching and you don't even know what you're searching for. You're just hungry. You've been trying everything in the world. You've tried new jobs. You've tried better finances. You've tried a new house. you got a new car. You've been shopping, therapy. You've done everything you can do. But you're hungry. And you can't understand. You, you didn't understand what Emily was talking about, peace. Because you, you don't have peace. But you're hungry. It's time to stop. It's time to stop and let us switch from just seeing Jesus and coming to Jesus. Because those are different things. Different things in our lives. And then Jesus said, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is when we accept Jesus has final authority. He is God. He has final authority on humanity, on life as we know it. And we we begin to submit to him. We talked a, a few weeks ago about the clay. And we began to submit our life. Mold me and change me. So when I came to Jesus, I was a shark. <laughs> and when I believed, he began to mold. Over time, it doesn't always happen instantaneously. God is pretty nice that way. He doesn't hit us with all of our falls all at one time. He starts with one thing and then another, right? So when we believe in Jesus, it's submitting. We, we come to Jesus and it's, we begin to admit that he's real, but now we're submitting to him as Lord of our life. And this process gives us life, Jesus says. You know, God no longer is somebody that we fear. How many of you, when you first became Christians, maybe when you were younger, you were a little scared of God, were you not? I mean, like, if you've been reading Bible reading plan and you're thinking, whoo, God can get serious about some things. If you're reading Revelation with us right now, it's like, whoo, we don't know if we want to know what that meant, right? <laughs> It's better. Sometimes ignorance is better if you don't understand what's coming. But see, here's the deal. In Christ, there's no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. There's only one perfect love, and that's Jesus Christ. And when I am clothed in Jesus Christ, I don't fear death. I know where I'm going. I'm going to close my eyes here and open them there and then I'm going to be in the presence. I'm going to be around that throne. Remember we talked Tuesday night. 
If we don't see the second coming of Christ, oh well, we're going to be one of those around the throne praising God every day. It puts us in a new and loving relationship with God. That's why we... And, and this was interesting for me. I was counseling with my own child this week and, you know, just the growing pains of life, figuring out things and future decisions. And, and then I talked to somebody else that had sort of similar issues of just, uh, I don't know what I want to do in life. I'm always searching. There's a hunger. And I know Brittany won't mind that, um, that quote I gave you from Barclay about not being hungry anymore. I sent that to her one day this week. I just said, hey, I'm sitting here studying the bread of life, and this is in my commentary, and I just feel like God wants me to share this quote with you. So I sent that to her. She sent back maybe two days later, and she said, Mom, she said, you're never going to believe. I opened my Bible, and I don't know how long it's been, It, you know, weeks, days, months, I don't know. But she said, the Bible plan I was reading, this was where it stopped, and it was sitting on the page of John 6, I am the bread of life. I said, baby girl, then that's confirmation. You just got to figure out what God is saying to you. And as I was counseling her, counseling somebody else about just future stuff, it made me think about my own life. I've, I've went through those stages. You know, do I want to be a teacher? That's sort of what I was going to be, and then I didn't take that leap in college, thought I'd come back to it, and then by the time I came back to it, I was like, no, y'all are nuts. I ain't being a teacher. <laughs> Bless y'all's heart. Y'all go through so much. <laughs> y'all really, really do. And I'm not talking about the kids. I'm, I'm talking about teachers. They have a tough job. They really do. So I was like, no, subbing's good for me. I get to walk away at the end of the day, right? But then I, so many things of just... I could do this, I could do that. And I thought, I stopped the other day and I thought, I'm content. Like, I am so happy in what I'm doing. Because I made a motion to God and I said, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm along for the ride. See, when we submit to God, when we believe that he really has the best for us, that we can trust Him, then that new life becomes so good. Like eating a Hawaiian roll. That makes me smile. I love sliders, and I know there's so many things we can do. I just love Hawaiian rolls. Like, I sit and that is my snack, is a Hawaiian roll. Sometimes I just sit in God's presence this is another week I was reading through Revelation yesterday, and I was just like, you know, during that ball game when I thought I'd better find something else to do with my time. <sighs> Y'all so lucky the sermon got written before the ball game because there's some hope in that sermon. If I'd have had to finish after that ball game, I don't know what. Wait, that was. We're still four and one. Yes, we are. But see, the process that Jesus is walking us through, it gives us life. And we don't have to be fearful anymore of what that life looks like. And we begin to understand that his great love for us caused him to send his only son, Jesus Christ, to live on this earth and die on the cross for our sins because he's the true bread of life. 
No other way. The law couldn't save us. We sure can't do it ourselves. Jesus is the only way. The, the showbread, Emmanuel, God with us. He is the final showbread for people to see. As a reminder, God is with us. And what's so great is, is when I'm reading through this, it's a universal invitation. What does that mean? We're studying uh, Revelations, and I love this part. Maybe the only thing we understood Tuesday night. <laughs> Y'all have to show up on Tuesday night to understand this, what we've been going through. Revelation chapter 7. And, you know, it talks about the 144,000 who are sealed, right? And some people want to say, well, there's only 144,000 seats in heaven. No, 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 no. Because then you go over here to verse 9, and it says, After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language. And they were all standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. And they were clothed in the white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Amen. It's a universal invitation. I'm kind of irritated right now with society. Because they're saying, if I'm a Republican, I must be a Christian. If I'm not, I'm not a Christian. If I'm a Democrat, I'm a Christian. If I'm a... No! Y'all got this all wrong. I want you to put a big heading that says Christian, and you're going to see Republicans, Democrats. You're going to see all kinds of people mixed under that heading. Those headings do not decide if I am Christian. The blood of Jesus Christ decides if I am a Christian. Amen. And it's open to everyone. And the moment we began to close that door, because that song said, just as I am. Just as I am, I come. I make a movement to you, Jesus. And those the Father have given me, Jesus said... I'm not going to lose any of them. And some people are like, what does that even mean? Does that mean God's up there deciding? No, it means God made it universal for everybody to have the exact same opportunity. And it means that God is working. He is moving. He sent Jesus to die on the cross. was always his plan. And God alone, hello people, not me and not you. God alone, through the Holy Spirit, moves a person's heart. And we call this prevenient grace. We know that God is already moving in people's hearts to make that move to Jesus. Don't ever count somebody out. (laughs) No matter what fruit you're seeing in their life, God is still trying to work on them. Maybe not through you, maybe not through me. But the sad part is, when you go back to verse 36, but you haven't believed in me, 
even though you have seen me. It's a universal invitation, and everybody still has the choice to say no. Understand sometimes when we share our faith and we feel rejected, they're not rejecting you and I. They're rejecting the Savior. And no matter what some people see, oh, maybe, maybe this is speaking to somebody here today. You've been praying and God just ain't answering that prayer. God, if, if you just do this one thing, I'd believe. No, you wouldn't. Because <laughs> he saw, these people saw him feed over 5,000 people and they didn't believe. The miracle isn't what makes us believe. Because the miracle already happened. Jesus Christ died on the cross and three days later he was raised again. It doesn't get any bigger than that. But you got to stop. Are you hungry? Then you got to make a move. You have to, we talked in, in Revelations the other night, another part that talked about the robes being washed, but it said that they came to Jesus and his blood washed their robes. Never caught that before. What is that? It's a movement. It's us going towards Jesus. That's why altar calls are still important because you need to move sometimes. You need to say, it doesn't matter what my neighbor thinks about me. I need Jesus more than I need the person sitting beside me. I need to worry about what God thinks about me more than what everybody's going to think when I get up and walk down that aisle. We have to make a movement. So you can sit in these chairs every single Sunday. You can join us online. You can listen to the podcast and still... Never make a motion towards Jesus. Means when you close the Bible and you leave here, you never open it again this week. We offer class time together, whether it's Sunday school or we're doing a book study, you never make a move to learn more. Because I sat in my seat, I'm good. Hmm. But you've seen me and yet you don't believe, Jesus said. My question today is, who's hungry? Who's hungry for that new life, for spiritual life? We're going to do communion today, and I didn't ask, but Sandy, don't worry, I'm going to do this differently, because I want you to move, by the way. What I want you to do in your groups that you're in, your families, whatever, or your role, if you want to work as a row, just send one person up to get as many of these communion cups as you need for your, your area. So, Shelly, if you want to help the whole family, you can't. Does that make sense? So begin to send somebody up. There you go. It's light. And grab your little cups. And I think, yeah, Thomas, run that back there. I figure this is great practice for learning to come to Jesus, right? A little movement. Oh, good day to bring the youngins, see? Send them to the front. It's like making them change the television channel, turning it all the way around. I'll just wait for everybody.
And this also gives time, if you're online, go grab whatever you have at the house that you would like to use for communion time with us this morning. Some of you are saying, if I'd have known we was doing communion, I would have stayed home so I could have used the Dr. Pepper or the coffee this morning. All right. And I guess I should get my own, Cindy. Thank you. Make sure Jason, if he's got one. Anybody else? Oh, she got Jason one. Okay. All right, serve yourself then, because Thomas will have his. He took back there. So for some of you today, maybe today is your day for the first time to come to Jesus. You've attended church maybe for a while even. But today it's time to make that, that move and that motion to Jesus. It's time to believe. It's time to, to say that prayer, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think I've ever truly believed. I've seen you, Lord. I've seen you in my family's life. But I, I've never believed. And today I want that. I want Jesus as my Savior. Maybe for some of you, you've just relaxed over time. And maybe you've forgotten who Jesus is in your life. So today is a recommitment to your faith. To move from casual Christian to a committed follower. Because those are two different things. Let's pray over our elements and then we'll take them together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today. We make a movement. God, I want to give a moment for anyone here that today's the first day that they're going to they're gonna believe in you. Lord, if, if that person is online, uh, type a comment. Let us know that we can be praying with you and for you. Father, maybe today is a day of just recommitment. God, forgive us for, for being too casual. Forgive us, Lord, for taking for granted the opportunity to come before you every Sunday and every day. Father, some of us, we've been hungry Maybe you've heard today in this message that it's only through Jesus Christ that hunger will be fulfilled. Because when we come to Jesus, we'll hunger no more and we'll thirst no more. For the sad distractions of this world, we can find peace and contentment in the one who gave his life for us. So as we take these elements, let us remember these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Start with the bottom, releasing your bread. This is the body of your Lord Jesus, and it was broken for you to preserve you blameless and to everlasting life. Take it and remember what he has done for you today. This is the blood of your Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for you to preserve you blameless and everlasting life. Take it and remember what he has done for you today. Lord, I pray over your people today that whatever your spirit is planting in their hearts, may it be guarded from the enemy. 
that I believe you are working in your people. You are calling them to come, to make a motion, to make a change as they believe in you. And may we come just as we are, knowing that you love us just as we are. And you love us so much, you're not going to leave us that way. Father, may you bless your people as they leave, so that they will be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.